Well, we all go through ups and downs in life, but I just want to tell you that spiritually, we should be always up. I didn't say we are, right? But I'm saying that we should be. We ought to always be up spiritually. You ever seen one of those fight scenes on, uh, in a movie or on TV that, you know, where the, the boxer is knocked down and you know what the people in his corner are doing? They're saying, get up, get up, get up. We want to see you get pummeled some more. No, they're saying get up because if he doesn't get up, it's over. And if he does get up, there's a chance that he could still win. I want you to understand tonight that we have to fight the good fight of faith. Sometimes we get knocked down, but in the Christian life, it's either get up or give up. That's it. Get up or give up. Micah 7, 8. When I fall, I shall arise. We all make mistakes. We all have slip-ups and goof-ups and mess-ups. And there's just not any of us that has it all together, is there? No, we all need God's grace. You may feel like you're the only one that's fallen this way or this many times. But the truth is, is that everybody messes up. Everybody needs the grace of God. Nobody always wins. Nobody's always successful. But the key is, is that we always get back up. No matter how many times we might fall, we always get back up. We all know this old saying, winners never quit and quitters never win, right? It's amazing how many millionaires, if you research this, how many millionaires at some point, at least once, have been bankrupt? Some of them have been bankrupt several times, and yet they're multimillionaires now. How did that happen? They got back up, that, and they played the system. Well, that's another message for another time. But Paul Harvey was asked what the key to his success was. And he says, when I fall, I get back up. He must have known Micah 7, 8. When I fall, I shall arise. You know, they say the only people that have never failed are people that have never tried to do anything. So listen, if you're going to try to live a Christian life, I want to tell you there's going to be some slip-ups. There's going to be some times that you struggle, that you fall. And somebody might be feeling like you're falling right now. And some of us might be feeling like we're living with the consequences of a failure. And some of us might be living in the fear of failure, the fear of falling, maybe in failing in what we should be doing, what the purpose of God, the plan of God, the call of God in our life. Micah 7, 8, do not rejoice over, my, over me, my enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. The literal translation, if you were to just translate it word for word, this is the literal, most literal translation is, when I have fallen, I have risen. Now that might not make a whole lot of sense to us, but it just expresses the certainty and the speed of the recovery. That when I fall, I arise. It's, it's not like someday, someday I'm going to get back up. No, this was the mentality. When I fall, I arise. It's like this old man that said he never ever was down and somebody asked him they said well how can that possibly be he said because I'm either up or I'm getting up that's the way it's supposed to be with us I mean either we're up or we're getting up 
not going to stay down, going to get back up. And I, I'm, I'm saying that as that this is the way it's supposed to be because I know that there's a lot of believers that get down and they stay down way too long. And so that's why we need to hear this message tonight, not just because there's some that are down tonight, but because we need to be ready. You know what? When I stumble, when I mess up, or when it seems like the enemy got the best of me in some way, I'm going to get right back up. I'm not going to stay down. When I fall, I'm going to get up. It just needs to be automatic. It's predetermined. I mean, when you fall physically... How long are you going to lay there? Now, it's, it increases with age. Just, just saying, I've, I've learned. Um, it, it decreases with embarrassment, right? When you're real embarrassed, you pop right back up. Oh, nobody saw that, did they? I, I remember one time my sweet daughter was leading worship and she was so wrapped up in the worship with her eyes closed and she fell off the front of the platform. And, and I tell you, a lot of people didn't even know it because they were all wrapped up in worship. But she did the right thing. She got right back up and just kept going. But sometimes when it comes to spiritual mishaps, it's kind of just the opposite. That when we fall, we're embarrassed and we're, it keeps us from getting right back up. In fact, the shame... The condemnation, the guilt, the accuser of the brethren, you know, that enemy of our soul. He tries to keep us down and takes us a long time sometimes to get back up. But it doesn't have to. It's not supposed to be that way because God's grace is sufficient for us. And we just need to learn that when we mess up, when we fall, we get right back up. It ought to be a predetermined thing. I'm going to get right back up. I'm not going to allow the enemy to keep me down. All of us need this word sometime, by the way, because we all fall in some way or another. We all need to hear this so that we'll be ready. But we also all know some people that need this word. Now, I'm just going to tell you some of them need a friend like you to go and help them get back up. You need to speak a good word to them. You know, they need that timely word. They need somebody to give them a word of encouragement. I remember our former pastor, the man who pastored this church, started it and pastored it for 50 years. I remember one time when I'd really messed up. I said, oh, Brother Nichols, I failed. He said, no, you didn't. You just stumbled a little bit. You're all right. But that's the way he was. He wouldn't, he wouldn't ever condemn you. He'd just forgive you. He'd just love you, lift you up, encourage you. And you know what? There's a lot of people that need that right now. You just, in your world, in your sphere of influence right now, there are people that need this word that they can get back up. That they, they need somebody in their corner yelling, get up. That's right. And if nothing else, you know, it ain't all of that, but... Tell them to go online and watch this message. I'm just saying, some people need it. And, you know, we, a lot of times we say, I wish so-and-so was here. Well, that's the wonderful thing about online is that you can tell them to go watch it, right? right. But we all fall in some way. 
We all fall into sin sometimes. Sometimes maybe somebody's trying to break a bad habit or addiction. And you know what they say when they, when they mess up? They said they fell off the wagon. What do you do? You get back on the wagon, right? You just get right back on. And sometimes you need somebody to encourage you in that. But see, we can, we can fail and just live in a life that really glorifies God. We can fail and be impatient and kind and allowing the, the Holy Spirit to produce his fruit in our life. We can fail in maybe losing our temper, blow our witness. See, there's all kinds of ways that we can fail. Sometimes we fail in our work and service for the Lord. Maybe we just got tired and weary or we let other things become more important. And so we just let our service and work for the Lord slide. We can fail in our devotional life. Anybody? Don't raise your hand. It's rhetorical. I'm not going to raise mine, all right? But anybody ever, you know, make a commitment about how much you were going to pray and how much you were going to spend time in the Word and then you didn't follow through? Get back up. I don't know, anybody like that way about your diet? You know, you blow your diet, so you're like, oh, well, forget it. No, get back up. And especially, I'm, I'm, talking, I'm, talking about some, I'm talking about some things in the natural, but I want you to understand, I'm really talking about spiritual things. You see, but sometimes we have that mentality, oh, I messed up. Just get back up. We can fall in our intimacy and closeness with the Lord. You know, to the church in Ephesus, in Revelation 2, 4, and 5, the Lord said, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, they had fallen. Repent and do the first works. And I want to tell you, was there a time when you were more in love with God? Get back up. Was there a time that your life showed that you loved him with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, but not so much now? Get back up. See, there are lots of ways we fall. Anybody ever said the wrong thing? Today? Right? Now, this, is, this one gets us all. James 3, 2 says, We all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body. A perfect man. Mm-hmm. Because we all stumble in word. Oh, see, we all struggle sometimes to say not just the kind thing. Sometimes we struggle to say the faith thing. You know, I believe and therefore I speak. That's what the Bible says. And sometimes if we, if we don't watch ourselves, we'll find ourselves speaking words of doubt and unbelief. We'll find ourselves saying things that maybe a Christian shouldn't be saying. Y'all know what I'm talking about. But I, I'm just telling you that this is an area where we all struggle. So, you know, you found yourself talking about somebody. You did, maybe you didn't intend to, but you just started. The mouth starts going and. See, we all fall in some way. Get up. Most of us know when we're down. But maybe sometimes we just need a little help admitting it, so I'm going to help you. You know you're down when you're feeling hopeless. You feel like you can't win. See, the enemy wants you to feel like a loser. But you know you're down when you're having a pity party, feeling sorry for yourself, and 
I want to, I just want to clarify exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when somebody did you wrong. I'm not talking about that you just playing it up. I'm talking about when you legitimately have been hurt and you've been wronged, but you find yourself just feeling sorry for yourself and you're staying in it and you're having that pity party because you know you well deserve it. But I'm telling you, you need to get up. You're down. And you, listen, you either get up or give up. How long you got to be miserable before you decide to just go ahead and get up? See, if you're no longer fighting the good fight of faith, you need to get up. So what are you believing God for? Because if you're fighting the good fight of faith, there ought to be a lot of things you're believing God for. You're believing God for some miracles. You're not just really believing God for anything. You need to get up and get back in the fight. Here's one that just really hit me today is when, well, are you pulling other people down or are you helping other people up? Because if you're pulling other people down, you need to get up. And if we're up, that's what we do is we try to help other people get up. And I realize you just can't help some people. But I'm telling you, we need to be doing the best we can to get up and help somebody else. If you're no longer reaching higher, as Paul said, pressing toward the goal, you need to get up because that's the life we're supposed to be living. If you're not actively involved in ministry and the work of the Lord with the body of Christ, I'm telling you, this is what the scripture says we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be about the master's business. And if you're not, you need to get up. This is a big deal in the body of Christ. People say, well, I used to do this and I used to do that, but you know, this happened to me and that happened to me. And so I don't, you know, I don't do, get up. Because the enemy is rejoicing over you. If you're no longer giving thanks and praise to God, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice when you're not doing that. In everything, give thanks for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. You're not doing that. You need to get up. I'm just telling you some things. You see, sometimes we have a hard time admitting we're not up. But any of these things... I'm telling you, it ought to be a red flag to you that you need to get up. Right. Don't rejoice over me, my enemy. Micah 7, 8, when I fall, I shall arise. Micah says, don't rejoice over me. He's saying the enemy's not going to get any joy out of this. I'm going to get right back up. That needs to be our attitude. He said, my enemy, you have an enemy. You need to know who your enemy is. No, it is not some other person. It's your and your spouse. It, it is the enemy of your soul. The Bible tells us this clearly in 1 Peter 5, 8. Be sober. See, be clear-minded. Be vigilant. You got to be ready and prepared because your adversary, the devil, he walks around. Your adversary, that's your enemy. 
He walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. You know, one of the things that he does, Revelation tells us that he is the accuser of the brethren. And this is one of the things that he, he does is he likes to go around and accuse you and try to beat you down and condemn you. And I want to tell you, he's good at it. He's been at it for a really, really long time. You know, he'll tempt you to fall. He tempted Jesus and he certainly will set you up, put you in a situation. He'll stir you up, try to stir up your anger. He'll try to incite you in some way. He'll, he'll try to get you off course from what God wants you to do and the things of God. He'll even give you the rationalization for why you should do this or not do that. He'll even use the scripture. Why, the Sabbath was made for man. I don't need to go to church Sunday. It's going to be a pretty day. And you miss a Sunday and another and another. And before long, you're not doing anything in the work of the Lord. And you're not on fire for God anymore. And you're getting more and more disconnected from the body of Christ. And the devil has got you down. And what comes next? You see, as soon as you fall, as soon as he gets you going the wrong direction, then he comes along and he tries to condemn you and pile the guilt on. He'll put his foot on your neck and try to keep you down because as long as he can keep you down, he's keeping you from the plan and the purpose of God in your life. He has rendered you ineffective, that you are no longer a threat to him. And so he wants to keep you down. He'll tempt you and give you a push to fall, but then he also will turn right around and accuse you. And here it comes, you hypocrite. He might even manage to get a family member or a friend or a coworker to tell it to you, you hypocrite. Who are you to call yourself a Christian? Oh, you need to get up right in the face of your enemy. You make up your mind. You're not going to rejoice over me. I ain't staying down here. I'm, I'm counting on the grace of God, the forgiveness of God. I'm counting on his strength. I'm not going to stay down. I'm getting up. You know, one of the things that so often I think people enter into this, this old religious works mindset where, you know, if you did wrong, well, you got to be miserable for a while to pay for it. I mean, you can't just get, get up. No, you got you to stay beat down and, and sad for, you know, and that's, that's how we do penance. That's not in the Bible. No, you need to decide. I, I'm not talking about being glib about sin. Don't misunderstand. No, we need godly sorrow that brings repentance. But we don't need to, it, it's, not, it's not a matter of time. Like how long do I have to be miserable before I can be right with God and get back with, you know, what God wants to do in my life. That's not right. You need to get up right now. You need to decide. I'm not staying here, not for one more minute. I'm getting up. When I do fall, I'm getting up the next minute. Amen. I'm going right on with God. I want to tell you, your heavenly father, he wants you to get up. 
He's for you. He's not against you. He paid the price through our Lord Jesus Christ. But Satan, he'll always try to ridicule you, challenge your faith. He'll even question your salvation. He'll tell you it's too late, you big failure. You call yourself a Christian. You know, when you think about somebody that fell hard, I think about the great man, David, the great king, that great warrior that killed Goliath. And did he ever have a great fall? But David got back up. And God still used him as a great leader for his people. And you need to know this, that even the great ones fall. But you also need to know this, that no matter how great the fall, you can get back up. I mean, I can't imagine a greater fall than what David did. A horrible, horrible sin that he committed. And yet, he got back up. And so can you. The worst thing is to just stay down when you make a bad choice. You got to decide you're going to get right back up. Right. Sometimes, you know, it's not just things that we did, but sometimes there's things that happen to us. There's sicknesses and bills and problems and trouble at work and just you get just beat down in life. And, and here's all I want to say about that is that you just need to remember that you have an enemy that's trying to take you out. He's trying to sideline you and keep you from pursuing the things that God has for you. And you just got to decide you're not going to stay down. That no matter what has happened, you're going to get back up. See, don't give the devil 10 times the victory by staying down. Get up. I remember this is kind of a silly example, but I'm going to tell it anyway. One time in high school, I was a little bitty freshman, and I was little. And uh, I was running, literally running to the cafeteria because, <clears throat> not because the food was so good, but because I didn't want to be in a long line. Y'all know that about me by now, right? I don't like to wait. And uh, I'm just running hard and fast as I could go. And this big old lanky sen senior with some long legs, I think he, I think he thought he was just going to kind of trip me a little or scare me, but he sticks his foot out and he got me good. And I just wiped out. And I turned around and I kind of glared at him for about a tenth of a second. I wanted to give him a few choice words and that kind of thing. But I jumped up and took off because it was just way more important to me to get to that food. <laughs> and here's what I want to say about that. You see, when you get tripped up in life, you just need to decide, you know what, there's things way more important than this. I need to get on with what God wants me to do. Get on with my life and get on with the call of God. I don't have time for this. I'm moving on. I'm getting up. Amen. You let Jesus take care of those people. 
(laughs) He says, woe to the one who makes one of my little ones stumbles. Better for them that a big stone was hung about their neck and they were thrown into the sea. He's going to take care of them. You don't have to worry about them. So we live in a world where I tell you, it's so many have been hurt and but they take offense and they drop out of their race. Don't let the enemy rejoice over you. Get up. You say, well, I'm depressed. You got to decide you're going to get up. And I know, I understand. You see, a lot of the things I'm talking about tonight, it's not just this easy thing. I understand that. I also understand that as long as you stay down, you're defeated. You got to make up your mind that you're not going to take it anymore. You're not going to allow the enemy of your soul to rejoice over you anymore. There's another time in scripture when uh, David is mentioned in a different way, a wonderful way. It's in 1 Samuel chapter 30. And I just, I love this story. I mean, it was a tragic event, but I, I love the outcome. Uh, David and his men came home from battle and they found that their city was burned and all of their wives and children were taken. And this is about the most horrible thing that can happen to a man is to come home and find his wife and his children have been taken and and all of their city is burned to the ground. Horrible. And it was so bad, I'm going to read to you from verse 6 of 1 Samuel chapter 30. David was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters, but David encouraged himself in the Lord. Now, you know, when things go bad, the leader gets the blame. That's usually the way this goes. And David was the one that was being blamed. They were talking about stoning him. Sometimes when you're down, you need somebody to encourage you. But I'm going to tell you the truth. And especially if you are a leader in some way, sometimes they're not going to be anybody encouraging you. Instead, they're going to be coming after you. You know what I'm saying? They're going to be blaming you. Sometimes you're going to have to do what David did. You're going to have to decide to encourage yourself in the Lord. You see, that's what David did. He decided, I can't stay down. Listen, if he stayed down and discouraged, he might have ended up stoned and dead. But instead, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And because he got up, he was able to get those men up. And they went and got their wives and children back. I just want you to understand that if you get up, you can get victory back in your life. But sometimes you just got to make up your mind and encourage yourself in the Lord. What do we do? Get up. Down is not your destiny. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, is talking about those heroes of faith that are mentioned in, in Hebrews chapter 11. 
It says, so we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. See, I believe those, that cloud of witnesses, I believe they're cheering for us in our race. And when you fall, they're all saying, get up, get up. You got to keep going. Don't stop. Get up. Then it says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. The only thing I'm going to say about that, if there's something that keeps bringing you down, you need to get rid of it. It might be a bad friendship. It might be the internet. But Jesus makes it clear if there's something that's causing us to sin, we got to get rid of it. I hope you understand that it was hyperbole when he says, pluck your eye out. But if there's something that's, or somebody that's causing you to sin, you need to get away from that. Are you just going to, you're just going to continually be on the ground with the enemy getting advantage of you. And then he says this, looking unto Jesus. You got to get your eyes off other people. You got to get your eyes off of the circumstances and get your eyes on Jesus. You see, Peter, he gets out of the boat. He starts walking on the water, but then he looked at the wind and the waves and he starts to sink. If he would have just kept his eyes on Jesus, he would have been all right. And I just want to encourage you. See, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. We got to always keep our eyes on him. And what happened to Peter? He got his eyes on the wind and the waves. He began to sink but he got this right. He said, Lord, save me. And he did. I want to tell you, when you fall, Lord, save me. He'll help you. The author, the finisher of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down to the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. See, make up your mind that no matter what happens to you, you are not going to give up. Our Lord and Savior, he overcame, and because he did, we can also. You know, sometimes you just feel like you're stuck in a rut, I want you to know you're not alone. You got help. When you hear the voice of the accuser, you just need to remind him that the greater one lives on the inside of you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It's 1 John 4, 8. See, the enemy likes to gloat when we're down, but I tell you, we just need to make up our mind. We're not going to allow him we're going to rise up because the greater one lives inside of us. You know, one Sunday morning, there was a man, an elderly man that fell when he was coming into church. And he was impressed by how quick so many people ran to help him and to help him get into church. And, you know, it ought to be that way when we know a brother or sister that's fallen in spiritual things, that we're quick to run and to help them. But I'm going to say this again. It's hard to help somebody that doesn't want to be helped. And there's some people that you can't help. But you know what? There's a whole bunch of people that you can. They need somebody and they're, they're willing to accept help. 
Amen. You know, if we somebody see somebody that's overtaken in a fault, Galatians 6, 1 and 2 tells us that we're to restore that one in the spirit of meekness. But I also want to say it to you this way tonight. When you're down and somebody offers help, accept it. When they try to encourage you, don't be bitter. Don't say you don't understand. Realize they're trying to help you. Some people learn the wrong things when they're down. They learn not to try again. They learn that they're failures. But see, when we're down, we need to be sure we learn the right things. Because there's some things that you can learn from a fall. Number one, that we can't do it all on our own. If you think you're standing firm, this is 1 Corinthians 10, 12. If you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. Anytime we start thinking that we can make it on our own without the Lord's help each and every day, we're headed for a fall. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And so often people find themselves in a fall, in a bad place because pride got in somehow. And you see, sometimes that's one thing we ought to learn when, when we do make a mistake, we blow it in some way, we're not where we ought to be, then we ought to realize how desperately we need the Lord each and every day. You know, Moses was a man that had everything going for him growing up in Pharaoh's household. But Moses fell hard because he killed somebody. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't think that's the way to start a ministry. Because he did, he was banished for 40 years on the backside of the desert till he was 80 years old and God began to speak to him from a burning bush. But that arrogant, self-sufficient Moses had to learn that without God, he couldn't do anything. And then when God called him, he says, I can't speak. In fact, he was, he was so adamant about God sending somebody else that it made the Lord angry. But he had finally learned that he could not do it on his own. And you know what? Any of us, we, we ought to know that. But if you, if you do fall, you ought to learn this from it. I can't do this on my own. I need the Lord each and every day of my life. Always looking to him. Next we learn that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. You know, and Moses, again, is a great example of that because God used him to bring his people out of 400 years of slavery. You can do it with Jesus. You absolutely, you, you absolutely can't do it on your own and you absolutely can do it with his strength. His grace is sufficient in spite of our weakness. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, another one that fell hard was Simon Peter, who said he would die for Jesus and then he denies him three times. How hard that must have been. 
He wept. The Bible says he wept bitter tears. But he got up. And God used him so mightily. He saw thousands saved. He saw the sick healed. He saw, he even saw the dead raised. Amazing. After such a hard fall. You see, we need to know this. Our enemy is defeated. Don't you ever let him gloat over you. Luke 10, 18 and 19, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So don't let the enemy get you down. I mentioned earlier how the devil likes to get his foot on people's neck and just condemn them and call them ugly names and make them feel like a, a dirty dog and he'll just hold you down like that. That's, this, that's a role reversal. That's not the way it's supposed to be. You're supposed to have your foot on his on his neck listen Romans 16 20 says the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet (laughs) you have authority over him don't you let him get the best of you and laugh at you when you get down but you make up your mind you're more than a conqueror you are an overcomer if God is for you Who can be against you? It doesn't matter. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. Get up. Get up. Get up. Come on. Get up. Get up. Get up. 